0: Welcome to the Pride of Detroit Post Game Show from Pride of Detroit podcast. Cast. We're gonna jump right into it. I'm Chris Fett, the adequate host, the post game deliverer of ceremonies. Uh, I think this is gonna be our second one we record actually because I made some horrible mistakes in the first one and I've had some more time to chew on it, which is antithetical to post game, but it doesn't matter. I think this is gonna make a, a little better product and we'll compare the two and if it doesn't, this gets yeeted out and you get the better of the two. You get the one I select. So welcome to the post game show as we deal with another collapse by the Detroit Lions who moved to I want to say 1 in 1 and 6 on the year right now against after a uh fall apart against the Miami Dolphins 31-27 your final score. It's a tale of halves for the offense again. It's a tale of ha- uh halves for the offense again where the Lions offense at the half looked they, they looked good enough to keep on pace with the Miami Dolphins. They looked good enough to come on pace with the Miami Dolphins and then just ended up falling apart in the second half. We'll try to break down what happened and just the general attitude and sense I'm getting from Lions fans as frustration continues to mount. It's still a second year of essentially a sensibly rebuild on one of the worst defenses in the league right now and an offense that really needs a step up at quarterback to really man it long-term. But right now that doesn't really matter in the interim as frustration continues to mount earlier this week from Sheila Hamp. We had the vote of confidence given in a letter out to Dan Campbell, which usually doesn't end well, but I think ultimately that there's nothing that has made me look at this. And I think the Lions would be kind of short-sighted to ditch Campbell this quickly. But let's give some thoughts on this. So, how did we get here? How did we get to a to a collapse once again as the Lions at one point held a 21-7 lead? When it comes to Miami Dolphins, I know they haven't been scoring in bunches this year, but you have weapons like Gaseki, Waddle, and most importantly Tyreek Hill, you know at some point that's going to click and you're not going to be able to contain all of that, especially not with the secondary and the defensive coverage that the Lions currently possess. And that's exactly what happened in this game. And I don't know. I know Aaron Glenn's star has faded among Lions fans. I'm not sure how much of that can really be resolved with coverage schemes. Maybe if, as some people have tried to convince me, maybe you go more high too because it's working across the rest of the league. Maybe you play less man, but it's hard when you have to go out there and play A.J. Parker, who was an undrafted rookie free agent, and you have to go out there and play him against Tyree Kill and Waddle to incredible one of them, probably the be- one of the best wide receivers in the league. Cheetah is incredibly fast, and he's just going to blow past the Lions. And it happened a lot. Second uh, Safeties came and try to help as best they can, but Damage man gets done by that man. And you knew if the Lions offense was on and the, and the defense wasn't able to get to Tuatonga tonga repeatedly, that it was going to be a foot race with a 100-meter dash. And that's exactly what played out in the first half. The Lions got, got a gift with the fumble on, on Miami's first drive to go up 14. And after that, it was a, it was a foot race. It was touch, trading touchdowns, trading touchdowns, trading field goals, the half. And then the second half starts and it's rough when Miami gets the ball and can then eat up almost six minutes off the clock and your defense is looking gassed in the red zone and they had just come out of the locker rooms of the half. It, 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 it sets the tone for what you have to deal with. And I understand that going after the offense is when the defense is playing as bad as it is sits some fans the wrong way, but you have to understand what you're working with and you have to play very well. And coming out after that, after seeing that touchdown going five plays for minus two yards is not, that's not how you respond to that. And I think a lot of lions fans I saw on Twitter saw that punt and said, that's it. That's the game because they understood that, the offense was getting called out in that second half by by Miami's defense and there was a lot of penalties in this game too but I'm not going to focus on the penalties against the, against the Lions they inflicted a lot upon themselves there was no I, I, I thought the game was it was rough to watch officiating wise because there were so many penalties being called but it was being called on both sides and I don't think the Lions were unfairly targeted on anything they were sloppy and they earned a lot of those sloppy calls. Especially when Taylor Decker is getting called for a lot of for a lot of stuff that ends up moving the Lions offense back and back and back until suddenly you have like a thir- a first and 30 and there's nothing you can really do at that point. And you're not even trying at that point either. And it just goes downhill from there. Long drives for the for the Dolphins not a lot doing for the Lions. And to be honest, not a lot of key contributions from some of their key players on offense. Uh amon Ross St. Brown, seven receptions on 10 targets still though had some had some key just uh had some key errors made later in the game. DeAndre Swift coming back uh you know more more receptive in the receiving game, but once again the Lions this was not a game where they had a run game going and it continues to hurt them especially when they need to Extend drives, and to be honest, it there's going to be a lot made of what happened late in the game on fourth and two, where the Lions turned over on downs, as that play was what developed. And honestly, I know that going uh, talking about Jared Goff invokes a lot of passions these days, and I know there are someone who would say that he's not part of the problem at all, but I think if you are a quarterback in the NFL. You have to know that, yes, it would be nice if the defense could get you some stops, and maybe if that happens, you're not playing with your last life always on your head when you're running, when you're running on that offense, but you also had a, you know, a, a two-score lead at one point, too. And in the NFL, it's always going to come down to one of those final drives at some point. You've got to be ready for it, and you've got to play well in that position. And it wasn't, it wasn't a great development. I didn't think there was a lot of guys open to begin with. And I don't know then at that point if you blame that on how it was drawn up. And that then falls on the coaches or that goes to Jared Goff. But at some point, someone out there needs to call an audible and get something because you have a short yard situation lying in front of you to keep the, to keep the game rolling. You have three timeouts on your side. And that ball goes deep to Josh Reynolds for no good reason whatsoever. It's really hard to swallow. It's really hard to swallow. That is your trump card when everything is on the line on your last possession. And I know the way the Dolphins are playing, maybe they march right back down the field. But who cares? Your job at that point is to get the lead. Your job at that point is to get the lead. The Lions do not get the lead. And to be honest, like, we know who the Lions' defense is at this point. They're going to play moderately well in the front seven. I thought Malcolm Rodriguez had a great game. And they're going to just be someone where you just have to sit there and swallow the antics of of the secondary. You're gonna have to swallow the antics of Amani or a You're gonna have to swallow that AJ Parker is struggling to keep up with Waddle with Jalen Waddle. You're just gonna have to swallow it because that's the men you come to battle with. There's no real way to it. That's that's who your roster is. But we've seen this offense do good things, and that's why I get frustrated when I look at the Lions offense and I'm just, and I ask, you can't hold serve coming out of the second half? Why? Like you were, you were just doing it a few minutes ago. I watched you do it. I'm looking at the box score and Jared Goff has 300 some yards. I know you can do it. So why is it that I feel, I feel so bad about the offense. And it's because I look at what happens on the effectiveness of of the second half because you have two drives and in punts after five plays. And a lot of those, and it's not really five plays. A lot of those plays have to be restarted because of penalties, but no, you've got to go more than you've, you've got to get positive yardage on those drives and you've got to stop making the errors that beat yourself up. And you've got to make those plays to convert those downs. The dolphins, that's the key to the game. The dolphins converted an alarming number of third downs. They were eight for 12 on third down and they converted their one fourth down where they went for it because they knew the Lions couldn't stop them. They had, they had opportunities to keep those, those, those drives rolling lions did too. And they just did not get them where they needed to. And it's hard, man. When, when you get in a game where you know, it's a foot race, I hate to say it, but it falls upon someone either on your defense or your offense to make a play. And neither side really did it. Neither side really did it. Nobody on the defense could make a stop on Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I know he was able to be sacked. I watched it happen earlier in the game. It It didn't happen later in the game. And I watched the offense in the first half of the game score at will. And it didn't happen in the second half of the game. So blame is going to fall on Jared Goff. Blame is going to fall on the defense. Blame is going to fall on on the offensive line for the penalties. You spread the, you spread the blame around because these games aren't won or lost by one individual. And it going from here, it's tough to look at the rest of the schedule and feel optimistic about the Detroit Lions. I keep looking at the schedule and I keep thinking that there's a chances to get a few more wins out of this schedule... And maybe find some but at that point all the wins you were really finding are just it's going to be for your confidence at this point. And I don't know what happens looking at that offense who you can trust now as far as your, you know, your 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 key who 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 do you put the ball in when you whose hands do you put the ball in when the game's on the line? Because it's not Jared Goff and for whatever reason the Lions are still not really using DeAndre Swift for their running attack. We've seen, and I, maybe part of that was, was, a, was a chance to ease DeAndre Swift back in. But at some point, as I've said before on the, on the POD cast, the sausage has to get made, and the Lions aren't the same team if they don't have a run game. And they didn't have a run game here. Props to Jamal Williams getting off the schneid, being sure-handed in the red zone. But you need, you need someone on the ground to get you to the red zone, and they don't have that either. Looking at the rest of the schedule, it's again, I think that the Lions have some chances still to salvage a little bit of pride. But for fans, that's all it's going to feel like just a little bit of pride. Maybe you'll feel good for a week. But I think for a lot of fans, they've already written the script on it. And for a lot of fans, they feel frustrated because the, the main thing I think people wanted to see out of the Detroit Lions in 2022 was progress. Progress built upon 2021. And I'm hard pressed to look at this Lions team and see areas outside of maybe the front seven on defense where the where the Lions have improved. On a base level, they've improved on offense, but they've improved on offense on a box on on a box score level. They've improved because it, it doesn't matter what you do in the first half if you're going to come out in the second half, as they did against as they've done against Miami, as they did against the Cowboys, as they did about against. Uh, the Vikings, as they did against the... Uh, you can't. If you can't keep that ball rolling for four quarters, it's going to cast a shadow on you regardless. I think some of the younger players have definitely improved, and that gives you hope. Josh Pascal has shown you a lot of good stuff. Jeff Okuda continues to be great. Malcolm Rodriguez, as I said earlier, was the star of the show here. You hope maybe those are building blocks for future. And that's why I still cleave to this, that this is a rebuild. But I hear from a lot of fans, and I see a lot of fans still getting frustrated and with, with the coaching staff. And that frustration builds sometimes. I think organ- good organizations ignore the fan frustration because they have a blueprint. And they, when they have the blueprint, they evaluate that br- blueprint at key junctures and reassess. I don't think it's going to end in Dan Campbell just getting thrown to the curb after two years into a rebuild. But it's hard to tell with the Lions. It'd be be very quick to to fire a coach. It'd be reminiscent of the 2000s. That's not a good place to be. And that's, I I hate that word at that point, seven games into a season. I hate to use the words, there's a lot of football to be played, but man, there's a lot of football to be played you're going to feel really bad after these games, especially after the losses. But I also know that after that commander's win, how everyone was singing the praise of the team. And maybe that changes. If you get a win over, say like the giants or a win over the bears or a win over even the Packers or the Jaguars, there's some winnable games coming up, but the dolphins I thought was one of the rougher ones sitting here. We're going to wrap this up right now. Uh, post-game show hitting your feeds tonight Sunday night if you're part of the pod cast family join us for pod cast on Sunday night otherwise look on p uh, on twitch.tv slash pride to Detroit where I'll be live on Sunday night Monday morning for the podcast feeds thank you guys for tuning in for the pod cast post-game show pride to Detroit post-game show god I keep doing that I'm being very adequate I've been Christopher Fett follow me on Twitter at Christopher and as always we'll see you star side